Hello and welcome to another light reading podcast. This is the Notebook Dump Edition. And this will, uh, if, if you're watching this or listening to it, that means you've probably made it through the week. So this is uh, the week ending Friday, uh, March the 10th. Is that where we are? Wow. How did we get 10 days into March already? What's happening? Um, <laughs> Anyway, before before I have an existential crisis, uh, let me uh, <laughs> introduce and say hello to uh, uh, the team joining us. Uh, we have Nicole Ferraro in New York. We have Kelsey Zeiser in North Carolina, or maybe South Carolina. I can never get the Carolinas. Correct. Uh, um, North yeah. Carolina. We were actually okay. Quick story. We were driving yes. yesterday to Target, and this there was a car in front of us with all these like Doodle Mom and like I love my dog stickers. And the license plate said Wiggle Wagon. And we love dogs, but <laughs> my husband was like, Wiggle Wagon, that's too much. And it was a South Carolina plate, so we're like, boo. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so what does weird. that mean? Wiggle it, Wagon? Like, I don't, I don't know. I guess they're just really, they, she loves dogs. She had like two Doodle Mom <laughs> stickers on there, so... Really okay. Right. Like you're mom but I'm definitely <laughs> okay. in North Carolina, the better of the Carolinas. That's right. The more sophisticated of the Carolinas. You are constantly just... trying to start a civil war on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they just have the dogs. They don't need to brag about I know, them right? on their vehicle. <laughs> we get it. Um, Anyway, well, Kelsey is is in, in the more sophisticated Carolina, and oh, uh, Jeff, Jeff Baumgartner is joining us from uh, <laughs> way outside of Denver, or just outside of Denver. I'm not sure where you live, Jeff. Yeah, Highlands Ranch. It's uh, yeah, it's the Wild West out here, you know. Okay, very mm -hmm. good. Go to the and saloon also later to play some cards, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you might see Mike there. Mike yeah. is also in the Denver metro uh, yeah, area. I, I live in the saloon, and I'm I'm actually shocked. That there's two Carolinas. That's where I'm. I'm <laughs> when did this no. happen? In in North Carolina's <laughs> mind, there's only one one Carolina. Wait till we tell Mike about the Virginias. Let's just table that for later. Uh, what? That, what about the Dakotas? What is a Virginia? No, 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 nothing, nothing. Never mind. Uh, moving on. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah. So let's get, let's uh, get into what uh, what fell out of our notebooks uh, this week. Um, so I'll, I'll start and I'll go as quickly as I can. But there's a lot of junk to mention because I just got back from OFC, which is uh, optical networking heaven, and. Uh, spoke to a lot of people who used a lot of words that I couldn't understand <laughs> talked about yeah. some concepts that I will never get my head around uh, because optics is just hard stuff. Do you um, still feel but, coherent after? Uh, <laughs> yes, I do actually. <laughs> um, the, it, it just like mobile world Congress, um, you know, the web scales uh, companies, the, the, hyperscalers, the cloud providers, whatever you want to call them, they had, you know, their influence was felt all over the show, especially with uh, uh, data center optics, because, you know, in the data center, the the big push is to replace, um, you know, not just uh, the current sort of equipment uh, with newer equipment that's, you know, more high bandwidth, but even down to the chip level, they're replacing, you know, every little copper connection at the chip level. They're trying to speed that up and take fiber, um, you know, chip-to-chip uh, -chip fiber optic technology and something called co-packaged optics, which is basically basically that. It's just uh, speeding up the connections between processors and allowing for faster data processing and storage and stuff that's going to help out AI and uh, machine learning applications. And 
in the data center itself, the the trend is it seems to be that everyone's working toward designing equipment and pushing technology to where the network is just as flat as possible. And we've just got servers talking directly to one another with as few hops or other pieces of equipment in the way. And, um, you know, and that's, that's quite hard to do at the data rates that they're wanting to do it at. Um, you know, so we're talking, you know, we're at 400 gigabits per second now in those sort of, uh, connections and that's going to be popular for a while. That's going to move to 800 gigabits per second. And then we're into the, uh, uh, the, you know, 1.6 terabits per second range. Um, so, so there was a lot happening in terms of data center optics. And then there was also service provider, um, activity, uh, one of the ones of note uh, was Windstream uh, using some uh, uh, pluggable optics from Cisco or Acacia, which is part of Cisco now. Um, they talked about a live network trial that they had where they demonstrated um, a one terabit per second wave uh, or optical wavelength. Uh, they were able to put one terabit per second on, on a single optical wavelength, transmit that over uh, uh, more than 540 kilometers. That's basically the distance between Dallas and Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, you know, where they have two, uh, uh, two uh, parts of their network or hu network hubs. And uh, in that same trial, they were able to loop uh, 800, an 800 gigabit per second link uh, over that uh, network. Um, so, you know, send it all the way up and send it all the way back. So it wasn't just a one-way uh, hero experiment. Um, and what they demonstrated with that is that Acacia is pluggable at that bandwidth level, 1.2 terabits per second, is basically ready for sampling for customers. So they've, they've validated that the thing really does work. It really can handle live network traffic. Um, and it really can compress all that data onto a single... Uh, optical wavelength. So for service providers, all of that means is all of that stuff just means that it's going to be, um, you know, a future where they can uh, transmit more data down the fiber that's existing in their network, um, saving them, you know, uh, money, space, power, and all those good things. And also giving them, you know, plenty of headroom to upgrade uh, certain links on certain parts of their networks where, uh, where that stuff makes sense. Um, so, you know, and, and at OFC in general, we, you know, the, the tendency at the show is to talk about and demonstrate what's coming up. And that's why I like the show a lot, because really in, in real life, people are barely deploying 800 gigabit per second. And at the show, they were talking about 1.6 terabits as though, you know, it was yesterday's news. So it's, a, um, you know, it's a really really interesting show for that reason. And, uh, those are, those are kind of the two big trends, you know, uh, 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 terabit per second transmission on the service provider side and, um, you know, flat, fast server to server network communications within the data center. And pretty much everybody agrees that as we progress more and more into, um, uh, AI, uh, clusters or, or AI inside, you know, AI processing inside the data center, it, it is truly going to sort of change the way that data centers are, are built and how they look uh, in the future. Um, that was about it for from OFC. Uh, 
let's uh, let's go around the horn now. As um, I'm tired of talking, and you're probably tired of hearing me. Um, let's see. Let's go to. Uh, let's go back to. Uh, let's go back to New York. And uh, uh, Nicole, what's uh, what's been happening in your world this week? Live from New York, Gigi Sohn is not going to be the FCC commissioner. Womp, womp, womp. Um, very uh, after all well that publicized news. Yeah. Um, so she officially withdrew this week, as everybody uh, likely already knows. Um, that comes after three nomination hearings, um, after being renominated by President Biden earlier this year, which, you know, suggested that he thought he had the votes for this thing. Um, I think uh, she uh, specifically said on, I guess, what was this Tuesday? I've lost track of time and space. But she said the night before she told President Biden that she was withdrawing because of the, you know, intense lobbying battle against her from uh, telecom lobbyists and right wing uh, news news organizations. Um, and But I, I think it's notable that on Tuesday, Senator Joe Manchin confirmed he wasn't going to be voting for her, a Democrat, a necessary vote. I assume she got word of that before officially withdrawing her nomination. Um, and I may have said this before, but during her third hearing, uh, the Republicans were uh, specifically trying to get him to vote against her. He, they raised an issue that... <laughs> This is pretty far-fetched, but uh, that she had like tweeted, you know, uh, fundraising support for some uh, liberal group that at some point in time then put up a uh, billboard saying that Senator Manchin is corrupt. So I think what, like Senator Cruz or somebody raised that in Gigi's last hearing to be like, you know, you think Senator Manchin is corrupt? And she was like, of course not, whatever. Um, so anyway, it appears that uh, along with everything else worked. Um, and so now it's completely unclear uh, what President Biden does next in terms of a nominee, how uh, long, uh, who could even get confirmed by the Senate at this point, and what of his telecom agenda is still on the table besides um, what's already been passed by Congress. So um, it's pretty disappointing uh, and uh, gross, in my opinion, what we've seen go down with this nomination. Uh, and it tells a larger story about the country overall, but don't let me get started on that. Could I be confirmed as an FCC commissioner if I said it would not surprise me if Senator Joe Manchin were corrupt. Is that, is that uh, I don't think so. I don't think you're allowed to say anything except we love you, I'm Senator Joe Manchin. He is corrupt. Sure. I'm just saying that my personal reaction to that news would be, were it true, would just be were it true. Oh, that, no. that sounds about right. There's, there's no suggestion whatsoever. So you want to just like live in the gray area, yeah, and. I mean, I would say you have as much of a chance of getting confirmed at this point as anybody else. So, uh, you know, right. call up yeah. well, Prezi B. Is there what? any, I'm sorry to interrupt, but is there any feeling yet in terms of, I mean, this thing's been deadlocked forever. So is there any uh, estimation or speculation on how much longer <laughs> this situation is going to continue? Uh, I imagine uh, through I've the heard, whole term, yeah. basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Now I haven't, I'm not hearing anything in terms of like who people expect next. Um, I am hearing frustration with everybody involved. Uh, There was already anger with President Biden for taking so long to name his nominees. And um, then we had, you know, the the Republicans launched these attacks against her, but the Democrats didn't really help. Um, We had former Senator Heidi Heitkamp, Democrat launching this campaign against uh, Gigi as like an opponent to rural broadband because she was associated with a PAC that was being funded by Comcast <laughs> and AT&T. Um, so, uh, and then there was no, you know, it didn't seem um, to many that President Biden was throwing his weight behind her to really move this thing ahead, yet he renominated her, which only, you know, forced her to endure <laughs> further uh, attacks, um, and, and not get the support that, um, I guess they thought she was going to get. So, um, in terms of what, yeah, I don't, I haven't heard any names being floated. Um, and the Senate is like in such a precarious position. I mean, today, Senator McConnell's in the hospital. Um, we had Senator, uh, what's his face? Fetterman, (laughs) sorry, Fetterman, (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, in the hospital like last week. Uh, and it's basically a deadlock Senate. Senator Sinema has become an independent. So who knows where she stands on anything except, you know, the consultants who fund her. Um, but I, I don't know. So <laughs> it, it remains unclear. And now, uh, as of today, we start a budget fight. So those are always nice. Yeah. yeah. That'll be smooth, I'm sure. So, oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah. yeah. No we'll problems. Ahead. Agreement on how to stamp it all. Boom. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Okay, well, that that uh, yeah. So so anything coming out of the FCC is going to be either deadlocked or a complete mess in the next uh, a couple of years. So let's uh, just uh, hold on to that. Uh, Kelsey, you've looking like you've had a sip of tea or something. <laughs> uh, you feel like talking? Yeah, a little I've bit? got tea and coffee going in water. All okay. the liquids. Well, what's uh, what's what's been in your notebook this week? Um, well, I had kind of a fun story from um, MWC last week that I wanted to go over. Uh, met with Nokia um, at the event, and they had a demo set up about their they're planning a lunar mission um, that's set for launch later this year, and it's going to be on the south pole of the moon. And they're launching a rover and a lander that will create a four G LTE network in space. How do you like that? <laughs> and so um, it'll be useful for you know further. Um, space missions in the future to show that they can use cellular technology and from the rover they can stream um, real-time video and uh, data back to mission control Um, and uh, some of their partners in it are SpaceX, NASA, NTIA and Intuitive Machines Wow, that's pretty cool Yeah Um, So it's going to be about a two week long mission and then i guess we'll see where they go from there um like applying that technology to future missions potentially mars which i still don't understand why anyone wants to go to mars but that's besides the point (laughs) well but as long as you can get netflix there right i'm there no you just have to tell netflix that you're traveling to mars so that your passport works exactly oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, it's like your location uh, is, uh, doesn't seem to yeah. fit with your profile. It says you're. Yeah, that's the only hiccup here. Yeah. You're in a different a orbit. Mm-hmm. You're on a different planet, usually, <laughs> when you log in. 
Yeah, they're gonna have to come up with the uh, the Mars policy and Moon policy. Yeah. Oh, they got, man, they got some stuff to do. You know, but streaming politics was difficult. Now <laughs> we have other planets to yeah. contend with. No, but Kelsey, that's a good story. I like yeah. I like the idea of getting uh, cat videos from the Moon or or uh, whatever it is they're uh, they're going to be uh, distributing. But uh, I wonder, and I also am curious, like uh, if we find out after the fact, it'd be interesting after the mission is over for them to report on what modifications they had to make and all the equipment, you know, like how, how they changed, whether they had to change anything once, once it left our atmosphere, you know, what, uh, what, what still worked, what didn't. Yeah. You know, that sort of I mean, thing. they yeah. did mention Different. that like, you know, weight is always um, something that's really challenging. So even just in the design mm. of the Rover, um, you know, they, there's a lot yeah. to um, factor in and it's very expensive to get any of that stuff up there. So it'll be expensive. Netflix. Especially right before spring break, the <laughs> Rover wants to, you know, wants to look good without it, its shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <it> was, <laughs> spring break over everybody come on had to etch in uh, some all right before i <laughs> totally bring this to a screeching halt uh jeff uh, uh what, what was what happened uh, it's a great way there? to introduce jeff <laughs> yeah before I'm we go off the rails jeff. I, i've yeah, been uh, in way. the tanning bed and yeah i'm getting ready yeah you know to uh head out to spring there's break zero and, sun and rancho where are you again rancho <laughs> Rancho Cocoa. <laughs> I'm, thinking no rancho. Rancho. I'm thinking of Rancho Murrieta in, in California, but. <laughs> yeah, I live at the OK Corral. Out yeah, no. Um, I mean, if yeah. the if the extreme weather keeps happening, Jeff will have beachfront property in a couple of years. So, yeah, you know, so I'm kind of like banking on that, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, bought early. <laughs> anyway, uh, what are you up to? Uh, well, let's see. Yeah, no. Um, moon broadband or anything but um yeah this week we did start to see some of the big uh service providers start to do their like after earnings in between earnings talks with all the financial big wigs uh and this week started with the morgan stanley event if i'm recalling correct so uh charter and comcast are among those presenting uh i mean nothing too mind-blowing you know but uh more about variations on the theme is what I would say, uh, you know, fixed wireless access, they, every time they got to bring it up. Right. And, and I think the, the cable guys aren't dismissing the overall threat, but they do, but they are seeing the greatest competitive threat, at least on the lower end of the market, according to them. And they still view fixed wireless as inferior to wireline and argue that uh, they're going to have trouble keeping up with the pace of data demand and they're going to face a capacity crunch. So that's all, uh, again, just kind of reiterating and updating their thoughts there. But, um, uh, you know, the, the, but I thought one of the interesting nuggets that come out of it was the talk with charter CEO, Chris Winfrey, uh, had that he had had to do with Doxis, right? Cause we all know Doxis 4.0 is going to be the focus for HFC network upgrades in the coming years. And I think the the people in the industry we talk to a lot kind of debate whether 4.0 is the last chapter for Doxis. And maybe the, the leap beyond that will be fiber to the prem. What will be the next thing after 4.0? Uh, well, maybe not. Uh, I mean, Winfrey put out there that maybe the story won't stop there. Uh, it's not really an unfounded 
idea. The cable's been some of the engineers and, and standards folks have been looking to extend the plant to three gigahertz up from 1.8 gigahertz, which is the big focus for 4.0. Um, I can't really discount what Winfrey said, but I'll be surprised really if something follows 4.0. Um, of course, something like that's not going to enter play for many years. I mean, we'll all hopefully be retired by then, but but uh, it's something that we're going to be discussing next week. Uh, I got to throw in the shameless plug that Light Reading is going to be hosting our annual uh, Cable Next Gen event in Denver next week, and it'll be the first time we're going to do the event live and in person since 2019. So looking forward to that next week, seeing some of some of you there and um, uh, seeing what the industry has to say uh, going forward, because a lot of the upgrade activity is, is definitely picking up. So we'll have a lot to talk about. Uh, just a quick reminder to the cable industry. Um, there's no better way to remind folks that you're um, uh, that, that you're not worried about a competitive technology than to bring it up every single earnings call over and over and over. Again. <laughs> That's right. This thing we're not worried about. Let's dig into that some more. Yeah. Doesn't and, signal worry or concern yeah, at all. And all the analysts love to ask them the question. It's just uh, it's like this unavoidable thing. But uh, oh, yeah, they, they kind of get their favorite. message points figured out. That's yeah. always my favorite part of any earnings call. The analysts, I'm like, what are they going to ask? Better be something good. And they usually is. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, could well, you put a little you, color on? You get off script finally. Yeah. yeah. When you get to that point, which is it's nice. Great. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, off script, uh, let's go to Mike Dano. And uh, Mike, in the true, uh, I'll ask this like a financial analyst. Uh, great quarter, Mike. Um, is there any way you could give us a little bit of color on what happened this week? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Synergy, Phil, and uh, also f financials and um, uh, business transformation. Yeah. So, and in conclusion, okay. what should your backlog you. look like? Got a big backlog. <laughs> of... I it's think there's a policy against asking lots. that. Yeah, it's as pretty as my bottom line, Chelsea. <laughs> oh, um, dear. Oh. Oh, oh boy. Uh, anyway, we're cutting um, about <laughs> Uh, so I, I, so out of my notebook is, uh, it's basically the same thing, uh, that, that Jeff was talking about. I listen, I, I listened to the same, um, investor conference this week and we got a good view of basically what the, what the 5G strategy is for 2023, um, from AT&T and Verizon and T-Mobile. Um, and there was no surprises, uh, but what we did get, so basically it's like T-Mobile, is going to keep doing its thing. And AT&T is going to keep doing its thing. <laughs> that was their messages. But Verizon uh, talked about uh, some of the changes that they're going to make. So they they completely blew up the, the uh, front office. They've got all basically all new executives. They've got a new head of networks. They've got a new head of consumer. They've got a new head of business. And they're looking for a new CFO. Uh, but Hans Vestberg, the CEO, is still there. And then just today we saw that they're going to offer Netflix for free for a year. So uh, Verizon is is still working on trying to figure out the right the right strategy to go to market. Um, and you know we'll see how that plays out this year. But uh, they're in a little state of flux. So that's that's what I got mostly from the from the conferences this week. I guess that uh, that Albert Einstein commercial didn't didn't save the company. Oh, so. I kind of like that commercial. <laughs> 
I liked the first yeah, 400 that's times true. I saw it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 401? Mm, starting to wear me down a little bit. <laughs> it is on a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens on Verizon. I mean, it is, uh, uh, you know, it starts at the top. So, I mean, maybe maybe uh, Mr. Vestberg has a better, uh, a better fix on where he wants to take the company and he'll put the right staff in place and we'll wait and see. We'll see. Yeah, he's uh, he's the chairman and CEO, and so I think it it's it's a little hard for for him to leave. He's he's yeah. he's uh, really entrenched there, and so I've I've heard discussions that that you know he might be on his way out at some point, but they're find they're finding a replacement for him is real hard. Yeah, we'll we'll be looking yeah. forward to some more color on that in the future. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great way, great place to leave it now. Um, okay, well that uh, that wraps up the notebook dump. If you want to hear uh, more from uh, Kelsey, from Mike, from Nicole, or from Jeff, please do check out the Light Reading Daily newsletter at lightreading.com. And on behalf of those folks and myself, uh, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Goodbye. Sorry.